Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. I want to preach to you on the subject of praise your way out. Praise your way out. In the book of 2 Kings, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version, 2 Kings chapter 3. Praise your way out. Go to verse number 14. If you're there, say amen. It says, Elijah, or Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, were it not that I regard, I want you to underline, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Well, I could talk about the importance of having friends. I could talk about the importance of having good friends. But he said, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. He said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hands. Father, Bless the reading of your word and help me to convey what's in my spirit in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Jehoshaphat messes up and without praying about it, makes a covenant with King Jehoram, who is evil and has made Israel to sin. Jehoram knew that he couldn't defeat the Moabites alone, so he goes after a man of God and gets him to make a covenant with him. Now, the Moabites had been under their rule and control for a while, but now they have raised up and they have rebelled against Israel. And so Jehoshaphat has to go and fight the Moabites with him And they get out into the desert trying to sneak around the Moabites to come in on the backside of them. And they realize that they have no water. I want want you to see this next slide. Because sometimes we need to feel the pinch of our actions. I'm going to let that just sit there for a moment. Sometimes we need to feel the pinch of our actions but God never abandons us even when his children make stupid mistakes and blame it on him anyway just because he we make some dumb mistakes how many's ever made a dumb mistake and blamed it on God 
Yep, that was me. I tried to, how many has tried to spiritualize your stupid decision? Most of us have if you've been serving God for any length of time. Stuff that we didn't pray about, we just knew it was God, but it wasn't. Jehoshaphat, then they, just to give you some background, they get into this situation in 2 Kings chapter 3, and they're about to, to, to uh, thirst literally to death. And so Jehoshaphat seeks a prophet of God, and Elisha comes, and, or, or they go to Elisha, and Elisha says to Jehoram, if it were not, and I want you to hear this, if it were not the or if it were not the king Jehoshaphat, or if it were not for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Now that might not mean a whole lot to you. Let me put it into a different perspective. If it were not for the king, or if it were not for Jehoshaphat, the king of praise. That's what Judah means. Judah means praise. If it were not the king of praise, I would not even give you the time of day. If it wasn't that there was praise in my presence, I wouldn't give you the time of day. When we become worshipers, God can't resist us. Somebody hear me. When we become worshipers, God can't resist us. See, God will reveal to worshipers what he won't reveal to others. Because worshipers get God's ear. Worshipers become intimate with God. Listen, I I didn't start out preaching. I started out worshiping. I started out praising I started out singing songs to God in a little country church in Cushla, Alabama. When I would be there by myself to one and two o'clock in the morning, just me and God. And I would just worship the Lord. I wish I could remember some of the songs that I used to sing. I wish I could remember and recall some of those old songs that I used to sing and play, but I don't even remember some of them. But when I think back, I think about songs like this. I didn't sing it there. I didn't know it then, but it's just, when, as long as I have breath, Lord, I will praise you, Lord. long as I can see, I will see your praise wherever you lead me. I will follow you as long as I have breath in my body, Lord. I will praise you, Lord. See, I would sing things like that unto the Lord that nobody else was listening to, just me and God. 
And so long before I was a preacher, I was a worshiper, a praiser. And my ministry didn't begin behind the pulpit. My ministry began in worshiping God and ministry on the piano. Worship has always been a part, a major part of my life. So if you don't understand why I get up and sing sometimes like I do, but there is something phenomenal that happens if you ever get into that vein of worship. If you ever get into that vein, some people tap into it. Others just watch people tap into it. But if you can ever tap into that vein, if you can ever find that vein, you know that the head talks to head and there is an anointing that comes through worship that is on another level that beyond anything intellectual can produce. That you can get on a level in worship that doesn't make sense in your mind. That doesn't make sense where you are presently but it's on another level. And it can take people just a moment to get there. That's why it don't take long for me to get there. Because I'm a praiser, I'm a worshiper. Just the right song, just the touch of God on something can change the whole atmosphere of what you're going through. Now, but Jehoram was an evil man and he worshiped idols. He slew prophets. He did ungodly things. He set up idolatry. But he got under conviction when his daddy died. His daddy Ahab died. And he decided, I'm going to serve God. Kind of. Anybody know somebody like that? Don't point at them. I'm going to serve God. Kind of. I'm going to serve God, but on my own terms. So the Bible actually says that he tore down some of the idols, Baal and uh, but not all of them. He tore down some of them, but not all of them, which brings me to point number one. He was a half reformer. He was a half reformer. What does that mean? There's nothing more miserable than going halfway with God. I want you to hear that. If you go halfway with God, that just simply means that you've got Too much of the world to completely, fully enjoy God. And too much of God to completely, fully enjoy the world. And so there's nothing worse than sitting on the fence with one foot in God and one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And and you just kind of never committed to either one. You say, yeah, come on. If you you straddle the fence long enough, you'll, you'll, you'll come against the fence post. And you just kind of, I go to church, but I'm not committed to God. He grew up on sin because his mother and father Ahab and Jezebel modeled it for him. It's kind of eating, kind of like eating fried chicken and fattening stuff, biscuits and gravy, fat back and all that, you know. If you're used to food tasting that way, it's hard to change to going to Healthy food, because healthy food has no taste. And so if you were raised on sin, you think that 
God doesn't have any taste. If you was raised around sin, you've been desensitized to the things of the world and you think that serving God is not fun. May I say to you, if you're not having fun serving God, then you're doing it wrong. Come on, somebody. It's amazing how much stuff you pick up and how much stuff gets in you from the environment that you came out of. You're not careful. You begin to believe the Word of God as something different than the Word of God. And I'll tell you why, because most of us remember what Mama said and what Grandma said, but you ain't read the Bible for yourself. The Bible said that Misha, the king of Moab, led a rebellion against Jehoram, and it looked like the man was going to lose everything. So here's what he does, and it's so brilliant. He said, I'm not living close to God. I know I serve him kind of out of convenience. I go to church when I really need him. And the rest of the time, I blow candles out to idols. You know, but I know this guy by the name of Jehoshaphat. I know this woman by the name of Bobby. I know this woman. Some people call her Jumping Judy. I know this man. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I know this person who is a real serious Christian. And here's the brilliant part. He said, I'm not living right, but I'm going to get around some people. Somebody who is, when I'm in trouble because I don't trust my prayer life, I trust theirs. Oh, It's going to get tight before it gets loose. I'm going to get around some people who I know can get a prayer because I ain't sure about my own prayer. The man, if this person I get around prays, I know that God will hear them. So he, Jehoram hunts down Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat has a problem. Jehoshaphat's a mighty man of God. He instituted revival. But he has a weakness because he keeps getting involved with the wrong people. I'm trying to help somebody. He keeps getting involved with the wrong people. And when Jehoram comes to him and says, let's make a league, let's get into covenant together, I can't take on this evil Moab by myself, but I need you even though I know this isn't your battle. Did you hear that? I know this isn't your battle. But I need you. Some of you have the same problem. Because he didn't pray about it. He didn't seek God. He just said, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's do it. And some of us have the same problem. You fighting battles that God didn't call you to fight. And some of us, because some people got in your life because they don't trust their own prayer life, they want you to pray. How many of you have ever, how many of you ever caught somebody? They say, Would you help me fast and pray? And the next thing you know, they had out back and you fasted. Come on, somebody. You pray in heaven now and you staying up at night. They fast asleep. Why? Because they believe in your prayers, not their own. Always 
pray about being yoked together with certain people. And I know the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. And that's not just talking about marriage. But it's talking about business. It's talking about situations. Be careful what kind of situations you get yoked into. That you're in it because of association. So the three kings make a plan to catch uh, King Misha and the Moabites off guard. And they sneak around, around back. Brilliant plan, but they didn't pray about it. He didn't consult the Lord about it. He didn't ask God anything about it. He just thought he would do it because it sounded good. And Jehoshaphat said, that sounds good to me. Let's go for it. So they take off and get out into the middle of the wilderness. And suddenly it dawns on them, we don't have any water. We don't have any water. Point number two is this, the dry place. The dry place. How many dry places have you got into because of whom you're yoked to? How many dry places have you got into because you followed somebody and without praying about it? That you yoked up with somebody without praying about it? I, I, I'm not talking about being, being so seriously you can't go out to eat with somebody without praying about it. But you better be careful who you get yoked up with. Because some people want to be yoked with you because of what you have and what you can do. So they actually begin to thirst to death and they get out there and there's, there's, they've gone so far that they'll never make it back. And they can't go further because the people are exhausted. There's no water to drink in the desert. So here's what they do. That's when it kicks in for Jehoshaphat. He says... In another verse, in the same chapter, he goes, Is there not a prophet anywhere that can help us? It, isn't there a prophet? I know I messed up. I know I didn't seek God. I, I know I went ahead of him and I know I didn't pray about this decision. I know I got into business partnership and I didn't ask God about it. And now that the water's run out, we're dying in the wilderness. Everything is wildering. Everything is dying, including us. Where are the prophets of God? Then one of the slaves one of, or one of the servants came and says, there is a prophet in the land. His name is Elisha. And they go, well, I don't think I know Elisha. Check out his claim to fame. It's, it's in, I believe it's in chapter 14. Or, or where, I know it's there. Where is it? Anyway, let me go. It's, it's in the same chapter. They said his claim to fame was that he poured water on the hands of Elijah. He poured, listen, don't ever count out the water boy. Don't ever count out the water boy. He was carrying, he was carrying water, but eventually got to carry the anointing. Don't count out the water boy. Well, I ain't doing nothing right now. You're doing something. Let, 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 let the Lord have his way. Where is that prophet Elisha? He can help us. And he goes, if we can get to him, he will tell us what to do. See, the enemy wants you to think that when you've made a bad decision, because sooner or later you will. I wish I could tell you you wouldn't, but you're going to make a bad decision. But sooner or later you will. What the enemy wants you to believe is that you've got to live in that for the rest of your life. But you, you better find God. It's not your fault you're in the mess you're in and now God's not going to help you at all. 
even though it is your fault. It's your fault, but you don't think that God's going to help you? He said, I would never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But you might have to feel the pinch of your actions. I've just come to tell somebody that God never abandons his children even when they do stupid things that they don't pray about. But listen, water in the Bible represents either the Spirit or the Word. And where you have got to go and the place that God is taking us to and taking you to, you cannot go there dry. Are you listening? You can't go there dry. You need the Word and the Spirit. You can't just get halfway there and forget who you came to the dance with. I know that it is not uh, politically correct anymore for the Holy Ghost to move. But I know who brought me to the dance. I know who brought me thus far. And I know who I'm going to go to the next level with, and that's the Holy Ghost. I understand you've got to have water. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. If you're going to make it through to what God has for you and out of this dry place, you've got to welcome the Holy Spirit. See, they got, so they go to the prophet, Elisha. Now, I like this story. Watch this. Don't ever forget what I'm about to share with you. They get to the prophet Elisha, and Elisha has this attitude moment. I love this. Yeah, I love that, you know, people think about all we, all we are is doormats. No, Elisha had an attitude. Mm. Jehoram walks in. Mm, mm, mm. I, I've, I've been that way as a pastor. I know a few people who only come to church when they're in trouble. Now, I hadn't seen this lady in many years. I don't know whatever ever happened to her, but in the other church, when she had walked through the back door, I'd tell Sherry. Sherry would either tell me or I'd tell her. One of her grandkids in trouble. And sure enough, I need y'all to pray for my grandchild. I don't know what's wrong with him. And I'm thinking, I do. You is one of it. Because that's the way they live. See, if, listen to me. You don't think your children and grandchildren and friends are watching you? You're one way at church but another way outside? You've got one attitude in the church and another attitude outside the church? But here he comes. He looks at him and sees this man who has set up idolatry, who has killed the prophets, and yet at the same time tried to act like that he was on the Lord's side when it was convenient. You know, it just kills me. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're one of them, then so be it. I, I, so whatever. I love these people who cuss like a sailor on Facebook. Post all kind of ugly stuff. And then go, I need my prayer warriors. Y'all have no idea how much I restraint I have. I need my prayer warriors to pray. Who are your prayer warriors? And I'll tell you, it's they they seeking out you and me. They're looking for you. And I'm not saying not to pray. 
I'm just trying to admonish you not to be one of those. I'm trying to admonish you not to be a Jehoram that you just serve God when it's convenient and you serve God as long as it doesn't cost you anything. As long as you don't have to press in and press through to get through. So he tried to act like he's on the Lord's side and when Elisha sees him walk in and your Bible says this, it makes the statement, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Of the person you're with, I wouldn't give you the time of day. I like that. Oh, did you catch that? Oh, I see who you're with. You're with the king of praise. You're with Jehoshaphat. See, whoa, help me, Jesus. The Holy Spirit just checked me because because Jehoshaphat was a praiser, but he wasn't smart. Kind of reminds me of myself. I'm a praiser, but I ain't too smart all the time. I get hooked up with the wrong people. Let too many people come on, get their fangs in me and hooks in me. And and, and come on, somebody. But, But I'm a praiser. See, we need to learn from that that sometimes... We don't just need to bail people out of the trouble they're in. Sometimes people need to feel that pinch of their actions. Sometimes when people live crazy and they just want you to pay their way out. And they just want you to come to their rescue in their situation. Sometimes you just need to have the spirit that Elijah has and just you've got a need But don't think I'm going to wiggle my nose and give you your miracle and you get yourself out of this situation. He said, I'm not going to do it. Point number three, Jehovah shall be praised. It wasn't for the king of praise. See, Elisha started to get up and walk out of the room. And when another fellow walks through the door, it stops the prophet in his tracks. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. He goes, psst. Oh, huh? I wasn't interested, but now, oh, holy ghost. Could it be that the king of Israel and the king of Judah represent you and me? This is outside my notes now. Could it be that we come to God and the one side of us that, man, we're just, we're just a mess? And God said, I'm tired of dealing with you, but we show up with the spirit of praise. And he goes, well, well, I can't can't turn you away. My God, somebody here. Could it be that I come as Jehoram, messed up, and all of the idols that are in my life. But But I show up and I'm praising him. And he said, if it were not for the king of Judah, then I would not regard you. In other words, if it were not for the presence of praise in this situation, I would not regard you and I would not listen to you. If it was not for the presence of praise. Come on, somebody. I'm not not conveying this the the way I feel this thing. 
if it were not that you were praising me in the middle of your situation, I probably wouldn't even listen to your situation. If it were not that you figured out that I'm going to praise God and be thankful for what I have and not worry about what I don't have and not bellyache and gripe of my situation, but thank God and praise Him. If it were not for that, I wouldn't give you the time of day. I would ignore you and let you die in the desert. But because of praise, the presence of praise is in the situation and I cannot walk out on it. I cannot ignore it. I cannot turn my back on it. And I'm going to get you out of your deserts because of your praise. God, I've got myself here. But God, I'm going to praise you while I'm here. God, I didn't ask about it. I didn't pray about it. i I just here. But I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm going to praise you as Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I'm going to praise you as Jehovah Shammah, the God with us. I know that there's nowhere that I can't go that you're not already there. And I'm going to praise you, God. And in the midst of my praise, I'm going to get your attention, not because I deserve it, but because I praise. And you said, the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But you also said that when I praise, you would inhabit, you would come to where I praise. And what I need is for you to come to where I am so I can get out of where I am. See, let me tell you how to get out of the wilderness. You have to praise your way out. Let me tell you how to get out of the dry place. You got to praise your way out. Let me tell you how to get out of depression. You have to praise your way out. Somebody praise it. We tell you how to get out of the stuck situation. You gotta praise it. See, no wonder the devil minimizes praise. No wonder the devil minimizes praise. Elisha says, because praise is in the room, because the king of Judah is in the room, I've got to do something. I'm not gonna let you leave the same way you came. Because praise is in the room. Let me ask you, is your praise in the room? Is your praise in the room? When, when, when you get down, you got to praise Him. It takes praise to bring you out when you get down. It takes praise to bring you out when you get dry. It takes praise to bring you out. Are you seeing this? It takes praise. When we begin to praise God, especially before He ever brings you out. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. See, we want to praise God when we come out. But many of you won't come out until you praise God before it ever happens. It's like you're praising God on credit. You're praising God today, and I know it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, my wife has been sick for a few days. Matter of fact, about 10 days she has battled sickness. It's probably Corona. I don't know what it is, but all I know is that Jesus is touching her. And, I, and, and, and every night, for the last ten nights, I've been praising God. When we would pray at night, I'd say, I thank you for touching my wife. 
I thank you, Lord, she's going to feel better tomorrow. And you know what? Some days she felt worse the next day. Some days during the night she would feel worse. But I would still say, God, I thank you for touching my wife. I thank you. I give you glory and praise for touching her body in the name of Jesus. And I kept praising. And just a couple of nights ago, she slept through the night. I said, come on, somebody. Well, Pastor, it wasn't all the way. No, no. It was a little something. You got to praise him. You see, I praised him before I ever saw anything. And then when I saw a little bit, I began to praise him even more. And as I saw a little bit more, I'm praising him every day. You've got to praise God to get out of the situation. Nothing else would have got them out of this situation except praise. He said, if it were not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of praise, I'd ignore you, leave you in your situation. But somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching right now. Your praise can get you out. I'm not talking about singing a song. Did you hear me? I'm not talking about singing a song that gets you out. Just because you sing a song don't mean you're praising. We sung a song today. We sung four, as a matter of fact. Some of you praised, some of you didn't. Well, it ain't the song I like. It ain't about the song. It's about the one being sang too. Somebody hear me. I'm going to praise him. Why? Because there's some situations I need him to handle. There's some situations I need him to take care of. Your praise can get you out. Think about Paul and Silas. Found that out that a song in the midnight hour could open every door and loose every change and cause the prison to spit them out because of praise. Nothing but a praise is all they had. I love it. I, I, I love that story in, in Luke when it says, and the prisoners were listening. How many prisoners are watching you? How many prisoners are listening for your praise? See, demons cannot stand or stay in the presence of praise. I don't believe it. I don't, if, if you are a pastor, I, I'm, there's demonic activity in my house. Then that means there's no praise in your house. Pastor, there's, there's just a devil in my house. That means there ain't no praise in your house. There's praise up in my house. Demons cannot stay in the presence of praise. Wherever praise is, it torments the evil spirits. Now, if they, if God says, if they praise me, then I will show up. Because I inhabit their praise. But if they don't praise, that's why they get crazy or why we get a little crazy around here about praise. Well, Pastor, I don't understand why Vicky does what she does. Because you don't know her story. You don't know why Jumping Judy does what you don't know her story. You don't know why Colleen, you don't know her story. I don't know why, why, why Pat, you don't know their story. I don't know why you, you don't know my story. You, you, you know, my story, there's history. There's a history, man. And there's a story that I know I can't do it without him. I know that I can't make another step without him. I know I can't go to tomorrow without him. But because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's why. Help me, Lord. That's why we're not intimidated by who you are and whoever you brought with you. And nothing else. That's why we don't care who came. Dr. So-and-so, lawyer, 
Brother Big Bucks. It really doesn't matter because we understand that God doesn't just manifest anywhere. He doesn't just move for anybody. He's looking for the presence of praise, and that is God's criteria for answering prayer and giving you direction. If we will praise God, then God will bring for you and do for you the things that he don't do for other people. Why does God do that? Somebody asked one of our members not too long ago and some things were happening in the church and, and God was just moving and go, that, that never happens in my church. And she said, well, do y'all praise like we praise? And they go, well, no, not really. See, I want God to move. I need God to move. That's why you need to get you some good music. Fill your house, fill your car, fill your life. On your way to work, get you some worship going riding down the road. We ought to be worshiper every day of our life. Let me tell you this. You'll never be a powerful public worshiper until you, you're a powerful private worshiper. That was when I heard the voice saying, when I would pray in private and worship in private, and I would hear God say, I'm going to use you, boy. I'd say, God, I'm not educated. He said, I'm going to use you, boy. I blew all the statistics' minds. Our church has blown all the statistics' mind. We're not supposed to have this kind of church in this community with this small amount of people. But it's not about me or my ability. It's about God and His ability. It's about praise going on. It's about praise going on. I, I, I know that you, I, God, God told me one, I know that you don't have the education that so and so has but you're a worshiper and I can overlook a lot of things as long as you're a worshiper. David had a lot of problems but he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper and every time he got into trouble he turned to God with worship and when he worshiped he would say I don't have this, I don't have that yet Will I praise you? And God said, I can't stand it, boy. There he is again. Down there just worshiping me. Like he's got a million dollars. When he became king, he worshiped me. When he killed Goliath, he worshiped me. When he was on the backside of the desert, he worshiped me. And now that he's king, he's still a worshiper. Look at him down there dancing before the Lord. The Bible said he danced with all of his might even after he went to the throne. And I wonder how many people have lost their shout now that God has put them on their throne. You know, listen, I, 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 I don't really get it. And I know the big duper, super duper whooper whopper preachers do it. I, I don't get it. You know, they wait till worship is almost over and then they make their entrance. I want to ask, where you been? I want to ask, what, what, what? You don't think you need to worship? And some of them go, well, I was praying. Now listen, do not misunderstand. Praising cannot take the, take the place of prayer. And prayer does not take the place of praise. Am I talking to anybody? 
Have you ever seen somebody that got to the place, they got the promotion, but now they lost their praise? Now they, they got the title, but they lost their towel. They got their position, but they lost their praise. He was a worshiper. He was saying, I know I'm king. I know I've got money. I know I've got power. I know I've got armies. I know I've got a name that everybody respects. But the Bible said he took off his robe. He divested himself of his kingly attire and said, I'm going back. Fill this room. Point number four and I'm done. Elisha said if it wasn't for the presence of praise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't regard you. Out of praise will come direction for your life. I'm going to skip a lot of this. i got to go. Elisha knows how to activate the spirit world. When they said, come on back musicians. When they said, can you help us? He said, bring me a minstrel. Did you catch that? Do you know that music sets an atmosphere? Music sets an atmosphere. He said, I don't just go into prophesying. Direction doesn't just come. There has to be an atmosphere. So get the musician. He just fall into prophesying because he couldn't activate the spirit world except through worship. The devil knows that. The devil knows the power of activating the spirit realm. When the minstrel started worshiping, it activated the spirit world and prophecy came to the prophet. Minstrel means anointed player. This wasn't a jam session. It wasn't just, hey, let's go jam, man. No, this was worship and there's a difference. There's a difference in worship and just a jam session. And then God spoke. He said, thus saith the Lord, you shall see no wind. You shall see no rain. Just water. He gives an absurd instruction. He said, in the desert you will see no wind. In the desert you won't see any wind. He said, in other words, what God was saying is even in the... even." If the climate doesn't look right, even if there is no outward signs of anything changed because you praised me, I am moving. He said, dig ditches. Because my blessing is greater than your capacity to receive it. Dig ditches. Because I'm just going to meet your, I'm not just going to meet your need, I'm going to blow your mind. There's no explanation for this except Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Would you stand with me today? Look at somebody, tell them I'm going to praise my way out. I'm going to praise my way out in the name of Jesus. Father, have your way in our lives. God, let us not let our title, not let our position get in the way of our worship. Because God, before we're anything, we ought to be worshipers.
Because you saved us. You delivered us. You've set us free. You died on the cross for my sin. And I will forever give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.